a Pearson Harnish, but a huge third down conversion. You got the game on? Yep. On the move. Down to the 24-yard line of St. Francis. Who's winning? He won't say the score. Laid up and waited for the pass. Short drop Come out on, of the who's winning? Rifles towards the right corner, complete to Vander Cooey, who steps across the plane. Ah, say the damn score. You're listening to the original Say the Damn Score podcast, part of the Say the Damn Score podcast network. Here's your host, Logan Anderson. Welcome to episode 123 of the Say the Damn Score podcast. As you just heard the big voice guy say, I'm Logan Anderson, a freelance sportscaster in the Twin Cities metro area. As always, this podcast is dedicated to sportscasting and sharing stories and ways to improve in the business by talking to sportscasters from all over the country and beyond. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice And please share the podcast with your friends on your favorite social media outlet. And I am back here in the world-famous Say the Damn Score podcast studio, a.k.a. my spare bedroom in Burnsville, Minnesota. And guess what? For the first time since March, I can actually talk about being on the mic, calling games, and darn it, it feels good. Here's the story. The local minor league baseball team in St. Paul, Minnesota, the St. Paul Saints, put together a World Cup-style tournament for senior baseball players across the state. It was pretty rapidly thrown together. There was a bunch of combined teams. There were different uniforms on the same team, double numbers in baseball, and you know what? Nobody cared. It was just great to have some kind of high school sports to broadcast and to watch again. The tournament itself was two weeks long, and every game was streamed by a company called Minnesota Prep Spotlight that I do some freelance work for. Only 250 tickets were sold to each game to help the fans that were in attendance, the few that could make it uh, to be properly social distanced and take away hopefully any threat of spreading the coronavirus during this tournament. But it was called the 2020 Senior Salute by the St. Paul Saints. And man, if you're listening to this on time, I've done three of my five games already that I was hired to do, and the weather conditions were perfect. The backdrop was beautiful, but we could have been doing a Sandlot game with a dumpster uh, just outside of the outfield. And I don't think I would have cared because just seeing high school games being played again was a thing of beauty in my eyes. And we don't know what that's going to mean going forward at this point. It may be a fleeting respite before going back to the no games doldrums. Again, if you're listening on time on June 30th, the governor of Minnesota is supposed to announce his plans for school later today. And any announcements regarding sports will soon follow after. I'm cautiously optimistic that we could see a hybrid model of in-person and online class that could allow sports. But I'm also bracing for potentially difficult news that could throw uh, my personal streaming business into even more disarray than it's already in. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably have a better idea next episode and I'll tell you all about it. But for one little moment... It was really nice to be back. Every now and then, not that often, but enough, people ask me to do a podcast about myself. And I did one of those 
a while back with John Thayer where I just flipped the script and had him interview me. And a couple people have asked for more. Why, I'm not entirely sure. So I figured one way I could do that is ring up my good friend, former co-worker Adam St. Paul from Aberdeen, South Dakota. We were co-workers for five years, which is uh, almost half of my broadcasting career. It's definitely the place I've been the longest. And it was both of our second jobs, but maybe our first jobs with real responsibility. And there were a lot of learning moments from it. So I decided what we would do is pick a story from our time in Aberdeen and have a good laugh, catch up a little bit in the process, and then talk about what we learned from each story. So this is not going to be the traditional Q&A that you hear on this podcast, but I believe it's going to be a lot of fun. And Adam, how the heck are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, I was uh, uh, around when you first had the idea for this podcast, and I and I said, "Oh, uh, years ago, when am I going to be on it?" And you said, uh, "It'll be, it'll happen one day." And I guess today is finally that day. So I think what I actually said is, "There's going to be a day where I run out of <laughs> of pre-recorded interviews, That's and I need true. someone That's at the last minute." And that is the case right now. So <laughs> you are actually sitting in the original Say the Damn Score studio in the newsroom at, what is it now, 107.7 The Shark? It used to be 107.7 KBDFM. They've yeah, rebranded we, since I left. We just made the change this Memorial Day, and we used to be Dakota 105.5, a country station, and 107.7 KBDFM, adult alternative. We are still those things, but now we go by um, uh, 105.5 Maverick FM and 107.7 The Shark. So I'm not going to ask you to get in trouble, but how can you name a radio station The Shark in South Dakota, which is about as far away from the ocean as you could possibly be? Well, yeah, we're pretty landlocked. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, Killer Hits, I think, was the, the tagline that they, they really liked. And uh, also, we kind of play up that with our liners in that, you know, hey, there are no sharks around here, but at least you're not going to hit one with your car, that type of thing. So. <laughs> That's actually kind of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, it's a great station. If anybody's ever driving through uh, northeast South Dakota, I would encourage them to tune in and Listen to Adam St. Paul. But we'll go ahead and dive in. And again, I'm going to put the disclaimer out there. If this sounds like two friends catching up at times, that's because it is. But that's okay. First story, I'm going to give you the chance to pick the first one. And then the way I see it is you will name the story. I'll kind of relive it from my point of view. And then you correct any inconsistencies or um, revisions that I've made since then, and vice versa as we go back and forth. Okay, so you're going to give the first story? You uh, are. Okay, I got it. Well, so I don't have a name for it, I guess, but... Uh, well, just uh, say what happened in a sentence or two. Okay, I will say the the um, homecoming fiasco, we'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, and this uh, was you and I uh, calling a um, just a high school football game, and it was... Uh, Northwestern High School up here in uh, Northeast South Dakota, and I forget who they were taking on, but Northwestern was no good that year. There's no doubt about it. I think they went winless. I think they actually went winless for a couple of years in a row. Calling their games was a little tough at times. I think any broadcaster who has been around a while and been in the high school realm knows what that's like, but uh, 
we used to do a sports talk show together once a week. And every week, we during the football season, we would preview what game we were going to call, go figure. And uh, as we were talking about it, you know, we were trying to break down the strengths and the weaknesses of each team. And you happened to make the comment just and – it, and it's so funny because it's just so – it's so innocent. Even look, even at the time, it, I don't think it was anything too terrible. But uh, you just happened to make the comment. You know, it's homecoming in Northwestern at Northwestern. Um, hopefully, you know, there's not going to be a lot to look forward to. But maybe the guys will get to the uh, homecoming dance a little earlier because it's uh, you know. Um, in in South Dakota, there's a mercy rule. So, and we just had a quick laugh about it, and we moved on. Well, uh, we then found out as the week went on, um, the coach got wind of that in, at Northwestern, and he was not happy with either one of us. He would not give us an interview that time. I had to call things and smooth things over with the um, superintendent, and he said uh, he just kind of said. What did well? What did he say? And I told him the story. And he goes, "Yeah, well, I guess the truth hurts sometimes. Uh, you guys can come broadcast the game; it's fine." And then when we got there as well, we were approached by a parent who let us know that these kids work hard and they they uh, you know don't deserve that kind of negative attention. I guess and and uh, we I think we did learn something from that in the end. Yeah, I I actually had that same story on my list. <laughs> I called it the dance in my notes. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I remember it was Northwestern versus Warner, and Warner okay. played nine-man football. They had two Division One players at least on a now, nine-man uh, team. And now NFL, uh, NFL uh, D end uh, also in uh, Jared Tuska. Yeah, so they had remarkable talent for a small town team, and they rolled over just about everybody that year. And mm-hmm. uh, we were on our show, and I did say that we had the two star players from Warner on. And afterwards, you asked for the prediction, and because we were hyping up Warner, I said I think Northwestern might get to go to their homecoming dance early. And we got there, and a like you said, the coach was livid, which I understand to a small degree. And there was a big guy with a beard and a big truck waiting uh, for us when we got there. <laughs> and if you've been in South Dakota in small towns. Uh, like where they were, uh, a big bearded guy in a truck often has firearms in the back of that truck. So you don't really <laughs> want to anger them. So it was definitely a unique situation that I will not soon forget. And I think what I learned from that, and you can comment when I'm done, is first of all, it's an inappropriate comment because I don't think that you should be hypercritical or mock high school players who are playing for nothing but uh, the pride of representing their town and to be with their friends. They don't deserve to be lambasted or criticized deeper than, you know what, I think Warner's probably going to win and potentially win big. Uh, definitely went above and beyond the line there and have been very careful since then not to make the same mistake. I haven't had a talk show since I left Aberdeen, but definitely for the rest of that time and Really, anything going forward, I have been very careful with that, especially on social media. I think that that is a area that applies very well there because with the talk show, at least it was out there and then it's gone, except for the recording that we probably kept. But if you say something like that on social media, that's going to get put around and go viral and cause probably even more problems than it would have in our particular case. Yeah, uh, I I would concur with that. I guess I'd also say... Uh, and a couple of my stories uh, might might ha- share this same 
uh, lesson. It's that uh, people are actually listening. Uh, sometimes, you know, um, even if you don't get necessarily caller interaction on a talk show or, you know, good social media engagement always, um, don't kid yourself in that people are not listening because uh, they actually are, especially when it comes to terrestrial radio. Um, and uh, because of that, you do have to be aware. Sometimes it's easy to think maybe – you know, like I said, if you don't have good engagement, sometimes it's easy. Well, I'm just doing this for myself or something, forgetting that uh, the stations uh, can pick be picked up anywhere within 100 miles. So and a lot of times people are tuning in. So I gave you guest rights. You got to go first. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be from very, very early in our time in Aberdeen. It was, I think, the second football game that I ever did. It was in Groton, South Dakota. And I talked to you before I left probably at about noon, and I said, you took care of our phone line connection because we were broadcasting (laughs) over phone lines. And you said yes. And so I went to the game, and I got there very early. I hooked up into the phone line, and another broadcaster from our competition showed up and said that he had the phone line. And I had gone out of my way to make sure we had a phone line set up, so I stood my ground. I said, no, we have this phone line. It's ours. You can't have it. And I found out later, after they had scrambled to get another one active that just got the other broadcaster on before kickoff, and after the game, I talked to you, and you said, and I explained the situation, No, and you said, oh, we have to call to set up a phone line, I just thought they'd be there. And I just put my face in my palm, and I'm like, I can't believe I was, uh, I don't want to say a jerk, but I was... I stood my ground firmly to this guy who ended up being in the right, and I was completely wrong, and I blamed you 100%. Throwing you under the bus with my first story, Adam St. Paul. (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, you you look what happens when you stand your ground. If anything, the the lesson of the story is that just never admit you're wrong, and clearly good things happen. You got a phone line, and the other guys barely got on the air. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think the lesson to be learned is that, A, check and double check and always be prepared and make sure that, you know, the basic logistics of a broadcast are set up. And even beyond that, how many times have we gone to a game or to an event and realized that a piece of prep was left on the kitchen table or a piece of equipment wasn't in the bag that we thought was there because someone took it out the night before and didn't tell anyone. Just double-checking all that stuff can be uh, very, very useful in broadcasting and should be a regular habit. Yeah, no, I would uh, agree with that. Uh, And a lot of times, too, um, you know, in in that instance, we were both pretty young when it came to setting up broadcasts, and it was easy for things to fall through the cracks and whatnot. Nowadays, you don't really use uh, phone line all that much anymore. At least I don't when I'm out doing high school football games and the like. We go over the internet nowadays, and I think most uh, broadcasts have gone that route as well. But uh, even so, for you know anyone getting into the business or whatever, it's good to create a checklist. It's good to remind yourself to get those things done um, on a Monday or a Tuesday rather than like a Thursday for fear that they might not get out there. It's just you're so used to doing it sometimes that you can get into a rhythm and then that turns into a rut and then you get sloppy and the like. So, yeah, it's always good to, I guess, stay on your toes, as it were. Okay, your turn. 
Well, this one, I guess, I don't know if it really involves you all that much, but this is just um, uh, my perspective. Uh, I guess if I had to call this one, it, I, I would I would name it "Ask and You Shall Receive." Uh, we uh, would do games, and we still do. For nowadays, they are North Border, but uh, back when uh, you were here, it was Leola Frederick, a, a team uh, town just north of Aberdeen, about forty miles uh, uh, co-op, and we would go do football games and. Where they have you sitting is on one side, and they only put numbers on one side of the field as well. And you are, it, it gets really difficult because they don't have numbers on the opposite end of the field. It gets uh, really difficult to see what yard line they're actually on. And then also, you have to lean way, way out to see the scoreboard. And during the game, I made a comment, you know, I would make comments as I was calling it, uh, like, uh, well, it looks like they're at the 20-yard line, not 100% sure, but we'll call it the second and two from the 20, whatever. Uh, and then after that, I would also say, um, the scoreboard, the score is, hold on, I gotta, I gotta look, and I would lean out, and you could hear me kind of stretch as I would lean to see it, everything, and uh, call the game, whatever. And the next day, I get a phone call here at the station, and uh, the gentleman's name, I believe, was Red. Um, he, I thought for sure I was just gonna get chewed out. I, I was, I was expected. This is a small town. We only have so many resources. How dare you, you know, say that? And I, I was ready for the to apologize and to, you know, I, I again, I should have paid more attention to who was listening and whatnot. Uh, quite the opposite, actually. Uh, Adam, just so you know, next game we're bringing over the yard markers from Leola, from, from, uh, Leola, and uh, we are creating a window in the press box for you so you no longer have to lean out. Is there anything else we can do for you, um, when, uh, with this game? Uh, is there anything else we can do for you for this game? And, uh, I said no. I said thank you. And to this day, the window is still there, and they do bring the yard markers over when they play in Frederick. And you, that's something that you are very good at is, developing relationships in the small communities by uh, just hanging out after games and repeatedly going to the same places. And I've always had great respect for you for your ability to do that. And it's, I, I don't think that happens without that. Yeah. Well, I thank you for that. And I guess if I had a lesson to take from uh, that situation, um, you know, at least it, maybe it, it isn't the same in college, at the college level, or certainly at the pros and whatnot. But I'll tell you what: if you are doing high school games, they really care, especially in rural, rural United States. In our case, South Dakota, you know, they—it's it, a big deal. Even, even to this day, where like kids are calling games for the high school cube, and the newspaper in the local town is doing the game now too. It is still a big deal when the radio station chooses to come do come you know broadcast your game as game of the week and and people care about that and and that's uh, genuinely nice to see. How many people have you shared post game beers with after a game? <laughs> uh, oh man, the I guess the the list is too long. I've been doing you know I'm trying to I should try to see if I can't suss out how many high school football games I've actually done. Because uh, I got to be approaching, I don't know, uh, uh, 200 or more, I would imagine. I can't think, you know, you do about 10 games, 10, 12 games a year, I guess. But uh, uh, I've been doing it a long time. Uh, the post-game beer, when I was younger and wasn't married, didn't have a kid at home and everything, you know, it's easy to stick around, have two, three beers in Fockton or in uh, in uh, Millette or in Warner or in 
Britain, but uh, nowadays uh, tend to try to head home almost right after the game. Unfortunately, I'm lame like that now, I guess. My turn. <laughs> this one is going to be a basketball game. The first time we've talked about basketball so far today. And we were going together to do a game at a place called Eureka Bowdle. It was a co-op school with two different towns with the same same school, which is not uncommon, especially in rural areas. And we packed up. We left a pretty good amount of time early, and we headed to Eureka, and we got to the school, and nobody was there. The game ended up being in Bowdle, uh, whether it usually was or whether it uh, just was for a one-off type situation to appease the other town. I'm not entirely sure. I just know we probably broke just about every single traffic law on the way <laughs> from Eureka to Bowdle, and we got on the air just about right at tip-off. And uh, this is another one that I'm going to throw all the blame on you and not take any personal accountability, despite the fact that I could have looked it up just as easy as you could. But neither of us uh, looked up what where the town was because we just assumed it was in Eureka because it was the bigger town, and it ended up being in the wrong one. And we learned a lesson in our youth and uh, I think still got Kuchen, which is a, a German dessert, which is made spectacularly in Eureka and Baudel on the way home. So it all turned out okay, but we nearly got a late start to the game because we drove to the wrong school first. You know, I think I, I'm honestly, I'm racking my brain and I, I can't think of any other time that that's happened. Usually, and I'm I'm willing to take the blame and say that I probably I probably read the schedule wrong or something. I'm willing to uh, accept that, but I don't believe that's happened again. So I I I stand by that I'm usually good about reading the schedule. It's always good to double check. I think uh, Eureka is 30 miles north of Bowdle, so it was just a straight shot down to where we had to go, which was convenient. But yeah, hey, we, we got there on time. The game got called. Advertisers got the, their their spots in. That's all that matters, right? Especially in small-town radio, that is the most important thing <laughs> that matters. Uh, if you get those ads in, everyone will be happy, and the station will make money, and you'll get to keep having a job. So that's definitely a good thing. My turn now. I'm trying. I have a couple of them. I'm trying to think of which order I want to tell them in. You know, I guess I kind of have uh, an interesting uh, one. You know, um, I'm a big hockey fan, and uh, there's a local team in town here, the NAH, uh, NAHL team, and we at the station, we started off, got our foot in the door doing a coach's show, and then we went and we um, – started doing we did two games one year we then did all of their away games one year and then we did everything uh our final year working together and i guess you know the the final year working together things kind of went south in our uh relationship between the between the team and the um and my and myself i was calling the games and whatnot and they you know wouldn't let me ta ask certain questions of uh the coach at the time they'd trade a player and i wouldn't be allowed to ask you know um why they traded him and you know the, the their high these these kids are 16 to 20 years old so it's not like they're pros but they are a step above high school level generally 
And um, I wasn't asking, you know, the coach to say we traded him for a bag of pucks uh, just to get rid of him. But, you know, these were kids that were living in the community. They had friends. They had fans who followed them. And people, they wanted to know why a player was sent to Brookings and whatnot. And I thought it was my job to to kind of uncover that, as it were. They did, they, they did not appreciate that. They They went that year, they went two months without winning a game. And I was doing my best to be positive, but they constantly accused me of being overly negative. Um, looking back on it now, it's one of those things where I probably could have done a better job being more of a homer, as it were. But I've always erred on the side of caution with that, you know, more or, more or less try to be objective. And maybe I didn't do a good enough job and maybe we can discuss that a little further. But, um, you know, in the end, it was just and uh, one of the guys at the end kind of threatened me in that you're riding on our bus, you're eating our food, you're staying in our hotel, you you know, so you'll you'll do what we tell you. And it, it was it was unfortunate that it, it turned out that way in the end. But uh, it, it was, I guess, uh, eye opening uh, when things don't go the way that you plan necessarily. Yeah, that is an interesting topic just because I covered a team presentation college, which had some pretty bad years and I take the approach that you can't pour sugar on a dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, if someone is shooting 0 for 30, you can't say they're, they're 20 for 21. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to state facts as long as it never becomes personal or challenges coaching calls. And if I remember correctly, your specific example of why they were mad at you was because you kept saying, they're last in the league in power play percentage. Yeah. And that is just putting a stat that paints the picture of the game. Now, maybe you could have tried to maybe dress that up a little bit, said they're last in power play, but they have their top uh, specialists injured or whatever their reason or potential excuse was. But I think there's a pretty careful balance you have to tiptoe. You can't lose your credibility but you have to be able to kind of play the game for the team that is ultimately they weren't signing your checks, but paying the radio station that's signing your checks. And yeah, and I and I I look back on it now, and I think I probably could have done a better job. Um, it was my first uh, time as like a, a as an actual voice of a team, you know. The, before then, it was me doing spot PC games for you, and uh, then also my high school stuff, and. You know, the very next year, too, they, they got a new coach. He turned things around, and they legitimately – they went from the worst power play percentage in the league to top five. And now, I guess, sure, that painting that story would have taken a long time to pay off, but that was my whole point was you once they improve, imagine how much fun it's going to be to say, you know, once bad, now good. And that's what I thought I was setting up. And perhaps I, I didn't, you know, and uh, I, you can't help but wonder as you think about it. I guess that means it's my turn now. And I'm going to go, this is somewhat not really broadcast related. And I think it's out and about in the community now. So I'm not uh, breaking any news, but St. <laughs> Paul is not your real last name. That's it's true. Springler. Yep. And I told somebody that in a bar once. Probably in our first year in Aberdeen, and you got really mad at me for for gi- giving up the secret alter ego of 
Adam St. Paul. And <laughs> it, it probably wasn't my place to say it, but I think it's just a funny thing. Uh, give us your recollection of that and then maybe dive into why you choose to use an on-air name as opposed to just going with your real name and some well, of the pros and cons that go with that. As I remember it, uh, we were at a bar in town and we were having a few beers and whatnot. And I, somebody recognized me from the radio, uh, you know, whatever. And I, you know, I, hey, it's, it's Adam St. Paul. Hey, thanks for listening, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of chimed in and you had a, a few in you. So you probably, you know, you uh, a little loose. And you said, you just said, you mean Adam Springler? And then I, yes, I got, I, I, I snapped at you and don't say that, blah, blah, blah. At the time, um, it was a it was a well kept secret at the time, and I wanted to keep it that way. We weren't in Aberdeen very long, and uh, I wanted to keep that facade going, as it were. Now I'm married. My wife has my real last name. My daughter has my real last name. So it's uh, cats out of the bag on that one. But uh, uh, that's that's I guess is that how you remember the story more more uh, more in depth? Pretty much. And I just mm-hmm. remember after you sent out your wedding invitations, or uh, maybe it was you had like a a meeting with a doctor or an insurance person or someone that had to see your real name that they would, people would come up to me and be, dude, did you know that St. Paul isn't his real last name? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I heard it a few times. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and I guess the reason I chose to use it, Springler, uh, it's a good German name, uh, S P R E N G E L E R. It's uh, too hard to remember, pronounce, or spell. So that's why I go with St. Paul, basically. And uh, kind of a just a short story with that. Uh, my first job was in Nebraska. My parents helped me move down there to O'Neill. Good KBRX, if any of our listeners are in the northeast Nebraska area. And mom asked me, are you going to go by, are you going to go by, um, Springler on the radio? Cause, you know, it's not, it's not a well kept secret that a lot of DJs and a lot of, uh, Radio personalities change their name or go by a different name. And I said I hadn't given a whole lot of thought. And then we started batting around in names. And I liked Adam Alexander personally we, because I thought uh, the alliteration and that just and I was always told you're supposed to have an, a memorable first name with a last name that could be a first name. Uh, Jack Michaels is one that comes to mind and that might actually be his real name. But, uh, you know, something like that. And I um was thinking more and more, and then mom suggested, well, what about St. Paul after your home? I'm from Minnesota originally, your home state's capital. And I, I, yeah, sure, maybe. I don't know. I thought about it a little bit. And the next morning, my first day, I go into work, and Scott uh, uh, Posey, my boss and the owner of the station at the time, he and still is to this day, but he, he said, tune in today as our new sports guy, Adam Springler, will be giving sports updates and uh, calling games for us and so on. And then I said, Scott, Call me Adam St. Paul. I just made the decision, last second decision before he did that. He said, okay, and it stuck, and it's honestly worked better than I ever dreamed. Most people just call me St. Paul. They don't even call me Adam. You know, even even people in my hometown call me St. Paul. They Even though they grew up and they know who I am, they know my real last name, you know, whatnot. So I'd say uh, it's, it's worked wonders, uh, for lack of a better term. Well, that's good. Is there any negatives besides having me – spill your secret to using <laughs> your real last name or using not your real last name. Um, I'm okay with telling this story, I guess. Uh, once upon a time, I got pinched for a DUI in town here, and uh, I made a mistake, and uh, that was over 10 years ago now, so I, I'm happy that I 
have not done that again and don't plan to ever again. Uh, but the people looking to bail me out couldn't find me because they didn't know my real last name. And I was not in the system as uh, St. Paul. So that would be a downside. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't going to make you go there. I, I'm all for throwing you under the bus because that's our <laughs> relationship that we just give each other a hard time. But I wasn't going to go there, but I'm glad you did because that was a funny story. And I feel bad because our one of our managers tried to call me late at night and I saw his his phone number at like 12 or whatever it was. And as I'm not answering this and it turns out it could have bailed you out of jail a little bit earlier. <laughs> I deserved it. That's fine. The next one I want to go over is nothing that's going to throw anybody under the bus, but it was just a really odd situation that I think I've talked about on my little broadcast booth of horrors episodes where I give broadcast horror stories. But we were doing a game together. I think you were doing play-by-play and I was doing color. And it was a district championship game to go to state between two teams uh, about an hour away. And both of them thought they were the number one seed and showed up with their home uniforms. They were obviously both white. They could not wear the same colored uniforms. So they had to, one of the teams had to wear the host team's road uniforms that somebody must have ran and just got out of a closet and said, here you go. We have to play this game. You can wear these. And we had to figure out the team all over with all of our rosters being completely useless. And I just remember that being a a very challenging broadcast and just a situation that I hope I'll never see again because I scrambling, running down to court court side saying, what's this person's number? What's this person's number? Who has the same number? Who's changing? It was just a a minor horror story, if that is uh, the word to use. Yeah, no, I, I hear I hear what you're saying. It uh, was uh, not fun, and it's one of those things, I guess, uh, you, you can't get to a high school game too early because, you, you know what, nine out of ten times, things go off without a hitch, and you were there an hour early, and you think, well, gosh, I didn't have to leave so soon, but that that tenth time when things go wrong, you want that... Uh, you want that cushion to be make sure that you can get you know get everything in line before tip off or, or before kickoff or whatever. And how did you? I'm trying to remember how far before tip off did you actually get the correct numbers? I'm you know gosh I I, I don't remember that uh, that game specifically super clear so I can't say. Um, I, I would imagine that it was not very. Uh, I didn't have a chance to to do any memorization. I guess I could I could say that for sure. My recollection is that we were still that the game had started and the AD was still running us up a few of the changes <laughs> as we were going. But um, that was definitely a good one. Your turn. You know, I was thinking about um, our very first year here. You had Husker tickets, I think it was right over Thanksgiving. Probably. That's usually the time that I try to go because I'm obviously busy on weekends, especially covering a small college team on Saturday. So I usually can go on Black Friday or on Labor Day if they have a home game. So that's Mm -hmm. the two that I try to get away to and get to uh, the mecca of college football, Lincoln, Nebraska. You had, uh, I believe it was a Husker game, and you asked me if I could go with the Presentation College Saints to... um, 
their Thanksgiving tournament or whatever. They played um, William Penn, I think it was, in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And then they went down and played Grinnell in Grinnell, Co- Grinnell College in Grinnell, Iowa. And uh, I went with you. And as you were preparing me you know, for the game, helping me get in touch with folks and everything, I remember you saying, you know, Grinnell is a di- it's it's different uh, you got to be ready for that game adam and i brushed you off how how different it's basketball how different can it be it's it's not a complicated game um and i was not as big of i'm not a, i'm a basketball fan of course but not as big a one as you are and you you kept stressing to me just how different grinnell is as a team and i kept brushing you off it wasn't until i got there and realize the style of play and anyone who doesn't know uh grinnell only shoots threes basically they play full court pressure the entire game uh defense wise if the other team gets the ball across half court they let them score they literally just back off they let them score uh, a layup no problem and then they get the ball back and they t- they hawk another three it is high High paced, fast paced. Uh, they do line, literal line changes. Uh, five guys in, five guys out, keeping them fresh. And it was something to behold. And, uh, I was so unprepared for what I was witnessing that I, it was, it was shocking. And had I done more research, I probably wouldn't have, you know, maybe looked them up on YouTube or something. Had I done more research besides just hearing about it, actually witnessing it, I think I would have been more prepared for just how different a game. Uh, Grinnell, the Pioneers play. The lesson, as always, I'm right, and you should listen to me. <laughs> well, you, you, I will say this, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a put a feather in your cap. When it comes to um, preparing for games and whatnot, I don't know if there's anyone that I've ever met that does more of it than you. So uh, that I that I can't I can't deny. Now, if I had just prepared for this podcast the same way, <laughs> the next one I want to ask, and this one is uh, not really. Th- Related to broadcasting again, just uh, me still holding a grudge for you making me wake up really early one day because you invited me to your wedding, which you had on a Friday during football season. And I don't think any sane sports broadcaster schedules a wedding on a Friday during football season. And I had to go and leave early and drive myself to Mayville, North Dakota, because of your scheduling. And uh, just so you know, I'm still holding a major grudge. Well, I mean, uh, hey, <laughs> you don't have any idea how much, how much cheaper it is to get married on a Friday than a Saturday, especially in this town? To be fair, Saturday wouldn't have been much better either. But I, the, <laughs> my real beef is that it was during football season on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, I was calling high school. My games were done. Uh, or I don't know. I guess I don't know how that worked. If we just skipped a, a game that week, I can't quite remember because you would have you would have uh, had to go do the, ga- the, the high school game if I were to skip it. So we must just not have scheduled one that week. We may have had a one of our backups have- that we occasionally hired go do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I I don't remember, but I I stand by it. It's a, it was it's a lot cheaper. Weddings are expensive enough as it is, and uh, it's cheaper to do it on a Friday. So I stand by it. <laughs> All right. Do you got any more? You know, I'm trying to think of uh, some other ones uh, as uh, we wind down here. Um, you know, I guess uh, off the top of my head, when we've been talking, it it really comes to mind that you got to remember: a, people are listening to you, so be cautious of that. 
um, be willing to take feedback and be willing to change um, when it is necessary. Um, and uh, just also get to know people. I'm not, you're, you're much better of a networker than I ever was, but uh, that is something that uh, is not, that I take for granted a little bit and that people know who I am. I don't have to uh, reintroduce myself a lot of the times, but uh, I also don't put myself out there the way that you do. Um, I know that you've gone to the STAA uh, conference a couple times. I've never gone for instance. So uh, I would say, you know, just looking at myself here, I, I think uh, I could do a better job of that, I guess. I do have a story now that I could tell, unless you want to tell one. It's your turn. Okay. So this one was in college. Uh, I, I used to broadcast games like any good amateur broadcaster. I got a couple of them from college. but uh, You should tell this, the Tim Miles story. Well, that's, what it, that's what I was going to do was the Tim Miles story. This is, my, uh, I think, one of my favorites. Um, we used to do games for KNDS, the, the low-powered FM station in Fargo. And we would call the games, and of course, the coaches were always good enough to um, come over and give the uh, college radio station an interview uh, after the game. And Tim Miles comes over, former Nebraska head coach, former NDSU. This was at North Dakota State, too, by the way. And we were um, doing the postgame interview and everything. And uh, am I allowed to swear or not? I use a baseball bat sound to edit swearing, so you <laughs> okay. can swear. All right, so I just wanted to make sure. Uh, anyway, uh, he was talking, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember what question we asked, but it was, he goes, yeah, I don't remember what what happened there. I think that call might have been bullshit, he said, and uh, or whatever it was. We used the S word, and me and my partner, uh, we looked at each other, and we were just mortified. We thought we were going to get in trouble. We thought we were going to get fined. We thought all this kind of stuff, and, oh, okay, coach, thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. Uh, years later, Miles leaves for Colorado State, and Saul Phillips, who's actually in Aberdeen now, um, he is uh, the head coach at Northern State here. He uh, was he became the head coach after uh, Tim Miles left, and uh, we came to find out years later we were talking to uh, Saul on a road trip or something like that, and Coach Phillips he he uh, he has told us that uh, Tim Miles nudged him on the shoulder before he came, and he goes, "Hey, get this, I'm gonna go say shit on the campus radio station." <laughs> and he came over and he did it. So he had that pre-plan. Uh, and what is the lesson from that? <laughs> um, uh, you know what? It, you, you can't always control your guests, I guess. I don't know. Those are all the stories I have. I want to keep going for a little bit and just talk about a few aspects of your career. And with this podcast, when I set out to make it, my goal was always to not just have big names, to have just some regular talented broadcasters, and a lot of those stay in one place. There's more than one path to success in this business. And I think you were one year in O'Neill, Nebraska, and you've been in Aberdeen since then, which I think would put you at about nine years uh, in one place, being the proverbial big fish in the small pond. What are the advantages of that, and why is it satisfying for you? Well, for me, it was, uh, I always had the dream. I, you know, we talked early in our careers about how we had all these, uh, goals and dreams, uh, uh, to go move to the Twin Cities. For me personally, work in radio there, maybe to go to ESPN sometime, uh, a syndicated talk show. Everyone has the, the big dreams and everything. And, um, you know, I guess if, if those opportunities came knocking, I wouldn't necessarily turn them away. But as I got older and, uh, my time in Nebraska really opened my eyes to the idea of the, the quote, big fish in the small pond, 
because when we would go do games, Scott, my the owner, he would do games. He would do volleyball games with me. He would go out and do games. Everybody knew him. Everybody said hi to him. They'd buy him beer uh, at uh, in the post, you know, after the game at the bar and everything like that. And I that to me, even at the age of 23 or however young I was, that seemed really appealing at the time. And uh, as I got here, I'm closer to I'm from Western Minnesota originally, so I'm kind of close to home. I'm not too terribly far away from Fargo, where I went to college and not too terribly far away from the Twin Cities, where a lot of my friends from college now live if they don't still live in Fargo. So it's not a bad location. Um, I I get to do what I want here uh, when it comes to news and sports, which I, you know, and I kind of can punch my own clock, as it were. I don't really have to be anywhere at any given time. So I have a lot of freedom in that way that I've really come to like. And then I met my wife and had a kid here. So the the roots kind of lay themselves down. Um, But I would say my time in O'Neill was what really opened my eyes to the fact that you can be, I guess, a local celebrity, for lack of a better term. I don't consider myself that at all. But people know who I am, which is fun. And uh, I... You know, I, Aberdeen is a nice community, and I, I don't, uh, I'm, you know, barring a great opportunity, I wouldn't want to leave. And the well, next story, the next story we're going to relive involves uh, us. I think this was literally in the first month that we were in Aberdeen. We didn't know anybody, and we were trying to just go out and meet people and visit local establishments. And there was, I think it was in the middle of May, there was a place that had an 80s costume party and me and you and my friend Judd dressed up as the Beastie Boys from the Fight for Your Right to Party music video and it was really well done. I don't think I've ever put that much effort into a costume probably never will again but it was really good all the way around and we ended up making I think the finals but lost to a guy dressed up as Matt Foley, the living in a van down by the river sketch, who wasn't even from the 80s. And I just remember being very, very upset about that and thinking, why did we go through all of this effort if they're not even going to play by the rules? And <laughs> that was when I learned sometimes you got to make your own rules. Well, that, uh, yeah, and I, your, your friend Judd literally drove up from Sioux Falls. He was living there at the time. I think he still is, but literally drove up from Sioux Falls. For those that don't know, that's about a three-hour drive, maybe a little bit more, um, to from Sioux Falls to Aberdeen, and it was on a whim. It was specifically for uh, that event. I, I was shocked that he would do that, but, uh, I mean, we had a good good time and a good night out and whatnot, but uh, uh, I was shocked that he would make the trek just to uh, wear a leather jacket and uh, a tank top, I think, underneath it or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think we had to have somebody come up because we got hired at a, just about the same time. I think you started 10 days or so before I did there, and we got connected and were actually roommates for the first year and a half, two years of our time in mm-hmm. Aberdeen. And we didn't have any other friends there because we didn't know anyone. Uh, there wasn't really opportunities to meet anyone, as we said. So I just called, like, we want to do this. We want to get out and mingle a little bit, but we need a third person to make this happen. So uh, he had come, wanted to come visit. He was the best man in my wedding. He's one of my best friends. And it was just a great opportunity to to get together and we had a lot of fun with it but yeah that was uh quite the evening in Aberdeen South Dakota 
I've probably heard it before, so it may not be new to me, but it'll be new to the listeners. Give us a broadcast horror story of a time where that happened to you. Well, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I know I called a game uh, once upon a time in uh, Leola, and <clears throat> the the play, uh, I think most people have who've been to any uh, level of, of athletics, uh, pro to, to high school, there is a public address announcer who generally will call the game like, uh, you know, they will say, uh, uh, Jason Satter, the ball carrier for uh, the Warriors, uh, run was uh, five yards, it is now second and two. You know, the play happens, they then recap what the play was for the um for the uh, people, the folks in attendance. Well, uh, this time, and I don't know if he still does it um, or if he, uh, if it's any different. I haven't called a game uh, there ever since. But uh, he not only did the recap, he literally did play-by-play over the PA system for the entire game. We were located right next to him. It bled through the entire time. And I almost took my headset off and just let him, you know, because it, it he drowned me out uh, like you wouldn't believe. So I almost just took my headset off and just let him, let him call the game basically for us. And I would take it to commercials and the like. So I, re- I remember that one. And I, another time also um, I had to call a game. I forget what city it was in. And the press box was under construction. So, you know, I don't want to speak ill of anyone because uh, they were nice enough to accommodate me, but they accommodated me on a forklift, on a on a scissor lift, as it were. So I'm way up high. I have no space. I have no table, you know, to put papers on or anything like that. Uh, an extension cord runs the whole way up, and it was windy as heck. So uh, I was swaying. I was scared, and I was completely unorganized. I was very happy when that game was over. I think about three-quarters of my personal broadcast horror stories came at my time in South Dakota just because, not that there's anything wrong with any of the schools, they're just small schools, they don't have broadcasters consistently, and they don't design their facilities with a broadcaster in mind because it would be silly for them to do so because they don't have that many of them. And you really get to learn how to be creative and make chicken salad out of proverbial chicken bleep when you're in small towns, probably anywhere, but specifically in our experience in South Dakota. Yeah. You know, and it, that's not necessarily, it's, it's getting better and it's also getting worse here. And I, I, I'm sure anyone listening who is a small town or rural um, broadcasters can attest to, cause I'm sure it's not just happening here. A lot of these schools have actually put a lot of money into um, their, their operations. They, you know, uh, there's plenty around here that have built new crow's nests up at the football field, renovated the gym and whatnot. So there is like, you know, more space for broadcasters and they're happy that you come. But, uh, there's also the case that there are a lot more people doing games than there were 10 years ago when I started doing this. You know, it used to be maybe us and our competitors in town doing the same game. Now when we go, the the local, the, the high school is broadcasting their own game over over the internet, and the kids are calling it, or they're just letting the, the, the tape run, you know, as it were. Um, maybe the, the other uh, radio station in town will be there. Um, a network out of, like, North Dakota comes down and does a lot of uh, northern South Dakota schools. Uh, the newspaper will be there doing games. Um, you know, they're the list goes on and on, and even though these towns are getting smaller, the, the coverage has never been better for them. 
Yeah, even when the conditions aren't great, and you said obviously a lot of them are getting better, it's still a fun environment. It's not like anything else. Sit and call a game with a field surrounded by pickup trucks because there's not enough stands for all the people that want to watch, and they're sitting in their tailgates of their pickup trucks and yelling, and it's just something you won't see probably anywhere else as if you move on and eventually go to a bigger market, like, I don't want to say like I have, I'm just doing high school sports in a big market, but it's it's just a unique experience that uh, I've learned to appreciate more since I've been gone. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I, the, the people are, uh, you know, very nice out here, and uh, I'm happy uh, where I'm at. And you, I know that uh, you're busy, so I guess you can't really anymore. But uh, you, you, I don't. Have you been back to Aberdeen since you left? Maybe once. Once. To be fair, so you've you, come to the Twin Cities twice, and you haven't visited me. Yes, but I always contact. You. Not always. We found you once on Facebook that you were here, and you and you didn't contact me. I don't know if that's true, but okay. <laughs> All right. Who are your favorite broadcasters to listen to, both nationally and maybe some under the radar people in the South Dakota, North Dakota area that uh, deserve some publicity that aren't widely known? Well, I mean, Kevin Harlan is, uh, I think, the the best in the business personally. Maybe uh, the best in the business. Doc Emmerich uh, from who does the NHL on NBC is uh, up there for me. And then uh, Paul Allen, who uh, uh, was one of the guys that inspired me to kind of get into this business. I've, I've only corresponded with him personally. Like one time he was kind enough to um, email me back when I first got started. And I just reached out to him to say, you know, that uh, I look up to him and ask him if he had any pointers. And he, he was kind enough to, give me some. So I've always, uh, I, I've always looked up to him as far as, uh, you know, South Dakota goes, um, y- you know, a guy that used to be our competition who, um, I think does a really good job. He's now in Watertown, Brent Nathaniel, his name is, um, and not only does he do a good job, um, sports wise, but, uh, he does a good job news wise, uh, very much a severe weather guy. If you ever follow, if you follow him on Twitter, and there's any severe weather in the area, you're going to hear about it. That's for sure. So that's that's what I would say. As far as other, you know, South Dakota guys, um, I don't know. I don't run into it unless I go to the state, whether it be wrestling or whether it be, you know, football or basketball. Unless I go to the state tournament, I don't run into a lot of other broadcasters anymore that are radio guys anyway. I have a, a story for you that you'll appreciate and we'll share with the podcast audience. So I recently went on vacation. I think you know this to uh, near Duluth, a cabin lake house outside of it by about 20 or 30 minutes and my youngest sister emily brought kayaks inflatable kayaks and she said uh who's the broadcaster that you know up in uh the twin cities and i'm like well i know a lot of them you got to be more specific he does the pro football team and i'm like paul allen she goes yeah these are his kayaks because she is apparently friends with his i think girlfriend's daughter (laughs) <laughs> and they borrowed their kayaks and brought them to our vacation. So I was kayaking in, it's either Paul Allen or Paul Allen's girlfriend's inflatable kayak. <laughs> so there is your completely irrelevant Paul Allen related story for the day. Couple kayaks removed, but uh, hey, that's, that's, that's cool. And I know you've had him on the podcast, so. Uh, he's uh, you can you can officially call him friend of the show. I'm sure he would uh, uh, not take umbrage with that. Absolutely. We're going to call him a friend of the show, and whether he likes it or not. 
And we're excited, too, if I just may say quick, uh, you know, uh, we here at uh, Dakota Broadcasting are uh, Northeast South Dakota's newest newest home for Viking football. This We start this year. We're super excited about that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. Big Vikings fan than I am. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our podcast. Again, we're talking with Adam St. Paul. He is a high school sports broadcaster in South Dakota. We worked together for many years, one of my best friends in the radio industry. And Adam, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do so? I would email me news at dakotabroadcasting.com. And uh, I have a Facebook messenger. If you want to look up Adam St. Paul on Facebook, I'm usually pretty good at uh, responding to that as well. Um, Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Have you gotten on board on Twitter yet? I know I tried to talk you into it when we were together. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, but I, I don't use Twitter for I – I use it to follow people more than actually tweet. So, All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you again, Adam St. Paul, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Say the Damn Score podcast. Remember to subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice by clicking the big red subscribe button at the top of SayTheDamnScore.com. Also, please follow me on the social media outlet of your choice. And remember – Apple podcast reviews, emails, or any other kind of honest feedback is greatly appreciated and helps me make the show better. Finally, please reach out to the guests of the show so they know you appreciate them sharing their stories on the pod. As always, I'm your host, Logan Anderson, and the next time you're on the air, make sure to say the damn score just a little bit more.